Quick question, everybody. 1931, what comes to mind? Maybe you're thinking about American history, but 1931 was the year Jack Rafferty was born. He's a guest on this week's podcast. He took the process when he was almost 91. His wit is sharp. His humor is present. He references his physical ability to navigate so many of the expressive and cathartic work in the process. Jack has been involved in personal growth for years, decades. Please enjoy this powerful episode with Jack Rafferty. Welcome to Love's Everyday Radius, a podcast brought to you by the Hoffman Institute. My name is Drew Horning, and on this podcast, we catch up with graduates of the process and have a conversation with them about how their work in the process is informing their life outside of the process, how their spirit and how their love are living in the world around them, their everyday radius. Hey, everybody. Jack Rafferty is here with us at the Hoffman Podcast. Jack, how you doing? Fine, thank you. Uh, Jack, you have been so much a part of personal growth throughout the decades. You've developed multiple techniques that help people grow and change. You were part of the founder of EST, a early transformation movement program. You've been in this field of growth and change and transformation for a long time, haven't you? Yes, I have since uh, 1971. Actually, you know, I was involved in doing things before that, but with uh, S back in 1971. Five decades in the field. I guess I would just ask, what's that like to be involved in the personal growth field that long? What have you noticed? I was always interested in people, <laughs> and uh, I was in the nightclub business for a long time. I worked for... Uh, Did you say nightclub business? Yes. I worked for a gentleman uh, in San Francisco uh, starting in 1953, and he owned a club and, uh, and then eventually moved to two bigger locations. So I was kind of a people watcher, you know, I was interested in people and watching them and I was curious about people and, you know, how, how what I thought, the term I used was how people were wired, what caused people to do things. I had read a few books early on of uh, psycho-cybernetics and things like that. And I was really interested in that. So, so when S came along, it was something that I thought, okay, I just dove right in. And, uh, and I got the opportunity to meet so many great people there and along the way. If you sit down with people and allow them to just open up, it's, it's amazing how resilient people are, the love that they have that they don't always express, but that's always there. And uh, I don't know, there's just, there's just a lot of things about, about people that are interesting and a lot of things along the way that you find out about people that are inspiring to me. And Jack, 
all along, as I've been prepping for this interview, I thought you did the process back then, but then you revealed to me you did it a few months ago. Yes, I did it uh, May 28th to June 3rd. May 28th to June 3rd. And how old, how old were you when you completed it? I was uh, 90. I was three months short of my 91st birthday. 90 years old doing the Hoffman process. Jack, what do you eat for breakfast? What is the, what's your secret there? You know, people ask me that because a lot of people who have known me for years say I look the same that I looked back, you know, 40, 50 years ago, I look the same. And I, I, I don't think I really do, but I look close to what I, I haven't aged that much. And, and when they ask me what it, what it is, my only answer is my friends. I have the best friends in the world. I'm gifted with knowing some wonderful, wonderful people who love me and support me, and that sustains me. It's, and that's the only thing that I could look and see the reason for how I feel at this age of 91 years old. You know, we'll, maybe we'll put into the show notes some research around how loneliness really can be deadly. And you represent the opposite of it. Connection creates longevity. Well, for sure. I, I really believe that. I mean, my, my friends are my, I, and I tell them on occasion when, when it arises in the conversation how, how they sustain me, whether I'm with them or not, whether I haven't seen them for a long time. I, I, I know their connection to me. I know that they care for me and love me. And, that, and that's, I just, live in that well jack let's let's go there for a second because you know we can know friendship is important but creating community is a lot harder so how have you been able to create sustained lasting deep friendships that have nourished you so much <laughs> my first uh, thought is i don't know well it's certainly it's certainly important to you isn't it for sure it's important to me it's maybe the most important thing to me and the relationships i have with with my friends are very intimate and, and that intimate is you know they share themselves that's what intimacy is people think intimacy is getting to know somebody else but intimacy is really showing yourself and my friends all show themselves and, and they're they're that type of people who, who are who are willing to be vulnerable and show themselves and express themselves and and are supportive. It's like a no-brainer. It doesn't take anything to be able to create a community when you have people that are that willing. Well, maybe part of your secret is that you choose wisely. You surround yourself with people who want to reveal themselves to you. Yes, I'm sure that's part of it, but but it's also they choose wisely too, you know. I really have only a few friends. I consider that I only have a few friends. I'm not open to having friendships with people who are negative or who waste their time being in the past, talking in the past, and and have stories. I'm just not interested in those kind of people, and that and. And as I say that, I think that that's not a nice thing to say because, you know, they're good as anybody else. They're doing the same thing everyone else in the world is doing. They're, they're doing the best they can with what they have. It's just, I, I just don't choose to relate to those people, but I don't think that there's anything 
wrong with them or they're anything less than, than, than my friends. It's just not the way I like to relate, that's all. When you are with people and you are with your close friends, I mean, I didn't expect to go here, but since you mentioned friendship was so important to maybe your vitality and your longevity, it seems worthy of pursuing a little bit. What does it look like if you're hanging out with your friends? It looks like a lot of fun. All my friends have a good sense of humor. They're sharp. They're not afraid to, you know, jerk my leash, and they, they don't mind if I jerk their leash. My friends have such interesting backgrounds also, and so knowledgeable in so many different things, and the stories they tell are just fascinating to me. You know, you look at somebody and you and you you never know what's going on with them. You never know what kind of a background they have, what kind of a life they live. And my friends that all have very rich lives. I love the the idea that you can tease each other as a part of a good friendship. Yeah, and, and when I say jerk the leash, I mean if you if you say something that's really off. They're gonna, you know, they'll jerk your leash about it. Then, then you have to look and see. Oh, okay, yeah, I missed, I missed on that one. Ah, so when you say jerk the leash, you mean a kind of calling out with love, a kind of accountability. Yes, exactly. I like that. I think it's necessary in a relationship. A lot of people can't get there because they're they take things personally, and you got to get to a point where you don't think take things personally. You just and you understand that the people that you're relating to, they always have, they're always dealing with you with goodwill. So what may seem a little bit blatant to other people, when you when you know your friends are dealing with you with you with goodwill, it's not blatant. It's does that make sense? The way I'm saying that? it does. Lots of lots of trust. It sounds like that you've co-created with your friends over the years. What's uh, what's one of your longest friendships that you've sustained with people in your lives? Well, Rez is uh, one of my longest, as a matter of fact. Rez and Grassi. I've known Rez for 51, 52 years. And uh, we were roommates on a couple of different occasions at a couple of different houses. And uh, we were very close. And then... Uh, We've moved, we've moved a large distance away from each other, but we've always maintained that connection. And uh, that's one of the things that was so great seeing him. Uh, I spent the two days after the process with Raz and Liza, and Liza's another dear friend. Liza, I've known maybe 45 years that I worked for Liza. Liza's just incredible. The world seems like it's the way it should be. It, you're safe. Everything is working fine when you're around her. That, that's what she, what she brings. That is the feeling I get. When I see her, I know everything's okay. If you've known Raz 50 years and Liza 45, and you know they have led the Hoffman process, what brought you to it now at 90 rather than so many years earlier? They offered me uh, a scholarship quite some time ago, and I have some very dear friends that, that have taken uh, the Hoffman process, and everyone just raves about it. 
first of all, I knew if Rez and Liza were doing this, it had to be extraordinary. Not just good, it had to be extraordinary. That I knew going on. Then my friends, who have done a lot of work on themselves, said how valuable this was. I thought, well, wow, this, this thing's got, just got to be incredible. And it took me a long time to do it. And I, and I don't know, I can't tell you why I procrastinated. Part of it's because it's in my nature, I think. But it took me a long time to come around. And one of the things I really appreciated that Raz and Liza did not nudge me, did not push me, did not do anything. They just let me do this on my own time. And it so happens as everything happens at the, exactly the right time. It was so interesting because I had done so much work on myself and got myself in what I consider really good shape. And not that, you know, not that I'm, I have arrived any place because you never arrive, but, but I'm in good shape. So I thought I was going to take the Hoffman process and tweak some things. Well, you know, that went out the window in the first 15 minutes of the Hoffman process. It, it just knocked me out. It, it just, it was the best thing I have ever done. It totally changed my life. I was a different person when I left that room. In all the personal growth you've done, it was the best? Yeah, I saw things about myself that I have never seen before. And I thought that I, you know, I've gotten into myself very, very deeply. But it appears to you when you get into yourself so much that, okay, I guess you kind of think that you covered all the ground, that you've seen everything. You've looked at all these parts of yourself. You're not missing anything. I guess that's kind of how it lived with me. But I found so much there through Hoffman process that I wasn't aware of. And not only was I aware of it, but I can give it a name that I named myself, giving these things a name, which gave me more control and power over them. And also the processes that Hoffman gives you to work on these things. Already I've disappeared, I don't know, three or four things. And other things just keep fading away, and I, I know they'll be gone. It's just quite amazing. When you say you've disappeared things, can you share some examples and what that means? Yeah. It comes to me, it's something that I became aware of that I was not aware of was that, I don't know, I, I think it's trying to be clever and trying to look smart and be intelligent and look like I've got it together. Now, I knew that a little bit of that was there, but it seemed like no problem for me. But I saw what a big problem for me it is. And it all came to me when with the realization that this is what I did with my mother because I was a really a good boy. I just realized that that never went away. What I do is I'll even lie, I'll hedge the truth, I'll, I'll uh, do anything to look good and to, to look intelligent and to look like I've got it together. Now, this, like I say, this isn't like it. I do this every day. and I See, that's part of it right there. See, just what I started to say was part of it. I, I was going to clean that up by telling you I don't do that every day. That, see, and I caught that. I would have never caught that before. I would have given you some explanation about, well, I don't do that every day, but, you know, to, to show you that, I'm, that I've still got it together. 
There's some awareness there to catch yourself in the moment. Yeah, and that's what Hoffman gave me, the ability to do that. So, Jack, take us to your your process, your week. What do you remember now as you look back on that experience? Well, I remember that, that, that I had resistance to some of the processes. One particular process, I, I had resistance to it because I've never liked doing any kind of a process like that. And then when I did the process, I realized how valuable it was after, after getting into it. But my resistance doesn't stop me from doing it 100%. I realize if I'm there, I'm going to do it as good as I can, whether I like it or not. So, so that was the one thing. And many of the processes that are, that are done, I just love. First of all, the quadrinity, I think, is a beautiful way to explain what a human being is. And the teachers, we have four teachers, and you could see these teachers speak to you through, through their bodies, through their intellect, through, through their spiritual self, through their emotional self. You could see them speaking through all those four things individually. They're very individual. It's not when you see a lot of, sometimes you see people that are traders or, or teachers and they're all kind of clones of one another. These are really individuals who are there totally in support of the people there. And it was so great to be in their hands that I could kind of watch and I'm interested in watching teachers, and these are the best I've seen. They were so easy to listen to and, and so well at explaining things. I just loved it. And the people in the room, their comments about things, this, that's another thing I noticed. We started up a uh, WhatsApp. The things that people share, I've watched people share for years and years and years. Mostly, I think, more times than not, when they, when they will share something after having a positive experience and taking a course, and then sharing something that, that was negative or something where they had a bad experience, what they did was they followed that up with some story about it to kind of mitigate the experience. But with the Hoffman people, every time people shared something negative it was just they shared it period that was it they let it go and i and that's a very important thing for me i don't know whether i'm making this clear enough to you it's the difference between just talking about your experience and leaving that go as opposed to talking about the experience and then then having a story about what you just said there is something about uh, honoring the reality, even if it's painful, speaking truth to what's hard, and then moving forward into the light as well, not rationalizing it or storytelling it. Correct. And, and, that, and that is something that I know that they got through the Hoffman process. They came away with a different kind of awareness about things that, that allowed them to do that. And that's profound for me. Jack. What did you notice as a a 90-year-old in the process? How was it for you? Certainly, there's a lot of movement, a lot of walking, a lot of expression, cathartic work. How did you deal with all that? Well, it, it's, it so happens uh, uh, about 
year and a half or two years ago, I got a really bad pain in my left leg going from my hip down. And I talked to my doctor about it, and he says he thinks it's from my back because the, the bottom part of my back is kind of scrunched down, and I guess all the all the nerves maybe are getting jammed up down there or something. So he, he thought that pain was from down there. So I couldn't do a lot of things, but like sitting on the floor was painful for me. Walking was painful for me. So, so that was that was bothersome. Other than that, they let me sit down on a chair and do some of the, some of the other work by sitting on a chair, and, and that helped a lot. And by the way, I, I've been going to a uh, a woman who who does acupuncture. Well, she was trained over in China, does acupuncture, and uh, that pain is totally gone now. <laughs> But anyway, that was bothersome for me. But other than that, I could do everything. And it was. It was arduous, but it was all great. And and there's such a big payoff after you do those processes that however bothersome it may be while you're doing them, the payoff is so big that you forget about it immediately. I love your referencing it as a payoff. So for the listeners, can you describe a little bit of what that payoff is? What what happens? Yes, and I don't know this how this came about because I, I I've been sharing the Hoffman process with quite a few people. As a matter of fact, I have uh, two people who were going to enroll in it that I know of so far, and uh, there's a third person who may. But in any case, I don't know how to explain this, but I'm just hyper conscious. Of things, geez, it's so hard for me to explain. It's not enough to say I'm aware of things I wasn't aware of before. But what does that, you know, what does that mean? And I really don't know how to talk about it yet. All I can say is like some kind of a hyper awareness that I didn't have before. That that I I can see what I call when I'm off. That you know, for me, it's either being in the posture of love or not. What I want to be is in the posture of love all the time. The only reason why I do anything is to be a more loving person. So you have to be present all the time in order to do this. And you and what I want to do is be present and be present in the posture of love, not be present to some negative thoughts or things that are going on. And in order to do that, you have to be present and pay attention and I have this ability to do that better after Hoffman, and I don't know how to talk about it. Well, I think you're doing a great job speaking to it, and I think there's something really sweet that it's such an embodied experience that you're struggling to find words to represent that feeling. Yes, I share a whole lot of things with people when I talk to them about what the value. When I come to that part, I uh, I'm stuck for words all the time, and I try to explain it in some way, and I, I haven't said it as a way that I think is really gettable yet because I don't get it. <laughs> Jack, you you certainly described it well when you said, in the posture of love, in the posture of love. Yeah, that's, a, that's an expression I use in the courses that I do, and I talk to people about that as a way of saying what it means to be present to love. Jack, you referenced that Liza and Raz have known you, you've had friendships for 50 years, and yet they never pushed you 
to take the process. And, and I think that's just something we should acknowledge that this is not something where you go out and recruit friends, you go push the process. If you love your friends, then you'll tell them about the process. We just don't do that. People come to it in their own time. Yes. I have uh, another mutual friend that uh, Raz and Liza and I have as mutual friends that we spend Thanksgiving with on a Los Angeles uh, on occasion. They never push me either. And I really appreciate that because uh, coming from my background, I'd asked that things were very different there. Was there a lot of recruiting in those days at Est? I wouldn't call it recruiting, but they call it sharing. If you're doing it correctly, that and it is only sharing, but people just got carried away and they would push people. It just got past the sharing stage for some people and then pushing people. I see that only as because it's people's inability to, to really share. I feel that if you share anything really properly, you're really willing to open up about it and be vulnerable. The people will get it, and then you just got to leave them on their own self-determination. I want to ask about scholarships. You know, we uh, at Hoffman provide more than $400,000 worth of scholarships each and every year, and over 22% of our students are scholarship recipients. And you mentioned that you were able to get a scholarship. What did that mean to you? It was very important because of COVID and everything, particularly that my finances weren't what they had normally been, and that meant a lot to me to be able to do it. Otherwise, I would have had to put it off much longer, and then who knows, since I was taking a long enough time in the first place and then having the additional problem of having to come up with the extra money, you know, who knows what would have happened. So that's uh, really appreciate that. You know, obviously, it made such a big difference in my life that I support that program 100%. I did, as a matter of fact, I did a, uh, I wrote a little thing for one of the, uh, when they were asking for, for people to support the program, I wrote a little thing about my experience. Every time now that I get some extra money, that's where it's going. Occasionally, I've heard some cars in the background. Are you in the city? I'm in Sherman Oaks, and I'm right off the uh, big boulevard. Ah, and can we put some links in the show notes to some of the work you do? I've been doing a course called The Art of Relating for 42 years. Now, there's a good friend of mine, Maggie, who took the Hoffman process. I don't know, she took it maybe 10, 15 years ago. She knows a woman who she told me a couple of months ago, you've got to meet this woman. I see the two of you doing something together. So she introduced me to this woman, Liana. And it turns out that Liana took the Hoffman process from Bob Hoffman back in, I think, 89. We hit it off and we're going to do the next course together and we're calling it Born to Love, and it's going to be on October 15th and 16th. You're going to co-lead a course? Yes, it's about relationships, it's about love, and it's about being present and you know, in the posture of love. Jack, I'm grateful for this conversation. How, how are you feeling reflecting on your work, your life, your Hoffman experience? It feels really good. Um, I just rave about Hoffman process because it's every 
part of it is put together so so well to serve the people that, that go there to to change their lives. It's quite miraculous. It really is. And I'm so impressed and I'm so indebted to that process for changing my life for the better and bringing more love into my life. I just love it. And I love talking about it. And uh, any chance that I get to talk about it, the people I meet, and if I see an opening, if I see that it may be something that they would be looking for, I, you know, I open up the conversation about it. You've done a you've done a great job, Jack. You are truly a uh, a wonder with so much energy and vitality, and taking the Hoffman process at nearly ninety one years old. Fantastic. I have met and have some new friends through the Hoffman process. Some of them live here in Los Angeles. Some of them live other places. But but I have new dear friends. That's great, and. They pair really well with those old friends of 50 years, don't they? Yes, for sure. Jack, grateful for this conversation. Thank you. Drew, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to our podcast. My name is Liza Ingrassi. I'm the CEO and president of Hoffman Institute Foundation. And I'm Ras Ingrassi, Hoffman teacher and founder of the Hoffman Institute Foundation. Our mission is to provide people greater access to the wisdom and power of love. In themselves, in each other, and in the world. To find out more, please go to hoffmaninstitute.org.